Welcome to another episode of We Live on a Planet. I have a special guest, Heather Kears, here to talk to me about what she does. What's going on, Heather? How are you? I'm doing good. I'm good. I'm good. So what exactly is it that Heather does? What makes Heather tick? Well, I uh, currently am bartending in, in a casino. Okay, groovy. Uh, yes. I am the union representative for our bar team. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the the casino is unionized, which is really great for the bartenders. So is it's it's a big casino that you work at? It is. Oh, nice, nice. I have a friend of mine from um, college that is fresh out of college. He went and worked at a casino here in New York, and uh, started went to dealer school, and not, and then became just kind of worked his way up and worked his way up, and then was like a pit boss, and now he's like one of the top dogs of what he's doing it. So it sounds like what you're doing too is, is very important because if you're the head of the union, that's like an important position that you you got there, Heather. It is. Um, I'm, I'm really grateful to have it because I was elected into the position. Um, as part of the opening team, I have, I've had the privilege of being there for a while. So I, I get to do exactly that. But like I get to represent the people who I work with. That's awesome. And I think that, what do, what do you think that is probably the thing that you've learned the most from being the representative that, that you learned, or maybe that you had to learn real quickly? Uh, expect anything. Expect anything. Yeah. I think you have to be very a chameleon like to be what you're doing in your job anyways, correct? Absolutely. Because you're, you're dealing with all walks of life. And so you, you could be dealing with, uh, a doctor at one moment and then from the next to, to, to all walks of life. Cause everybody goes into a casino. I, for one have only been into a casino once in my life. What'd you think? I was, I was overwhelmed. It was, it was, it was fun. It was a blast. I'm kind of one of those guys though. If I lose five bucks out of my wallet, I'm kind of bummed out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so the whole gambling part for me wasn't like, I don't know. I thought it was, it was fun and exciting. And, uh, I, I don't know how to play certain games. So I think I'd be nervous. I mean, I know that there's certain etiquette of like, even something is like 21, which I would play blackjack. If I'm going to play, mm-hmm. I guess I'd play blackjack and, or a machine. And mm-hmm. even there, I think though, I'd be nervous because there's like sets of social ways to do it. And I don't know how to do that, Heather. You know what I mean? How there's a learning curve for everybody. Yeah. The yeah, first yeah. time I had ever stepped into a casino, it was for work. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. And it's, um, it's overwhelming every day. I like bet. I show up and the lights and the machines and the tables are all going because the, the casino floor is huge. Right. Right. It's just gotta be, a just a t- total like cacophony of overstimulating where all of a sudden you lose on purpose. They do it too, where you don't know what time it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's no windows. You can't see daylight from inside. There's no clocks anywhere. Yeah. They don't want you to know. They don't want you to it's amazing, though. I think that's amazing how the human brain works, though, with the sounds and the beeps. And we know that's scientific. Like, the machines that are there, they're not just random making certain things. They're, those are scientifically designed to really heighten what humans find attractive. It senses these little sensory 
synapses that are going off or something like that is going, "Uh uh-huh, I like that. I just got rewarded. I got rewarded. All of those reward spots in your brain are going off. Yeah, yeah, and releasing all those dopamine levels for you and stuff like that. So what do you think is um, one of the, I mean, obviously, since it's a learning experience every day, have you have one thing that steps right out to you right off the bat, Heather, though, that where you're like, Patrick, you can't, if I tell you this, the only reason why you're going to believe it is because I'm telling you <laughs> that it happened. Because there's got to be stuff like that that happens like on a daily. So I, I actually spoke with my husband about this briefly because he um, he was asking me, like, what if he asked you what's the craziest thing that's ever happened to you? Yeah. And, and I said, I don't know because I'm exposed to so many things every day. But I think one thing that specifically stands out is one gentleman – had hit for like a hundred thousand dollars and yeah oh yeah it was a big it was a big hit oh my god also had a lot of cash on him and it was just me it was like nine in the morning it's just me no one else is there and this this person walks up and they asked me i'm I'm very pregnant at the time they asked me if i have a lighter and i was like i I don't smoke i I gesture at my belly (laughs) and he goes oh okay i think i have one in here and he just starts pulling racks of cash Ooh. out of his jacket and just piling it up on the bar. And at this point, I take a step back and put my hands up. <laughs> it's just this pile up. I think he said it's like, oh, don't worry. It's only like $50,000. Unbelievable. Like, yeah, like only my mortgage. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. It's, I, you know, I've seen money like that too, though, because I was in the car business, but it was, it wasn't like on the daily where I'm seeing that kind of work. I didn't see anybody hit a hundred. You know what I mean? That's, that's crazy. Yeah. I had one time where, uh, old money, it was a farmer and, um, brought in a bag of money and just kind of dumped it on the, on the desk yeah. and it smelled, it smelled, it would have been out in the barn and everything like that. And it's like, I'm paying for that truck right there. Cash. Yeah. And it's like, yes, you are. <laughs> favorite thing though that's happened to me is when you're when you're around money like that when you're around people who don't have money or people who have you know a lot of money money kind of just is when you need money you need money and i understand that Mm -hmm. but money just kind of loses its value when you see someone who has none hit for a ton or you see someone who has a ton lose all of it yeah I can't, yeah, I can't even imagine to see that seesaw of emotion too. And that not even, yeah, that seesaw of up and down of knowing, you know, it's that Kenny Rogers thing, no one to hold him, when to fold him, when to walk away, no one to run. You know, I think that would be hard. That's the reason why I think that my Kimberly and I would have fun doing it, I think, but we would have to go in with a certain mindset of saying, here's the, here's what we're playing with and you know, once you spend that, you walk away or whatever. And that's, I think that's hard to do. The best advice I ever heard from somebody who regularly gambled, and is actually a friend of mine, um, they told me once while they were at the car, they said, everybody has an amount of money that if they lose, they'll walk away. But nobody ever sets an amount of money to if they win, they'll walk away. Mm. Which... You know, the, the upward limit is whatever in a casino, right? And But so is the downward limit. And everyone knows how much they're willing to lose, but nobody ever puts a value on what they're willing to gain with the risk of losing it again. Right. 
Yeah, that's good advice. So the person p- puts a limit when they hit what they're going to win. That's when they walk away. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's good advice. That's what I, that was one of the questions. Actually, I was going to say, what's one good advice that you could give somebody who's fresh? That would be me. That would walk in, and I guess what another since I am, would it be blackjack? Would that be something that I, since I'm kind of a noob, or would stick right to the machines? Honestly, my my favorite game and the one I tell everybody to play for their first round, and it's extremely complicated. But the people at the table help you is craps. Mm. And everybody, like everybody, is there for you to roll the right numbers. Oh, okay, that's like seven eleven, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you don't want to roll seven because you're going to crap out. Right. You, you know. Seven's crap. a bunch of rules. <laughs> yeah, that's what I I know that there's a bunch of, that's what I mean. I would feel like I would be the guy for some reason that would screw it up and everybody would be like, get out of here. You're my you're my unlucky guy. Um, so I Go ahead. The first time I ever played craps i walked into the casino and i stood there and i watched for a while and the pit boss actually came over and said listen here's a pamphlet if you have any questions don't be afraid to ask any of these people here and the whole table laughed mm-hmm. like they were like get over here come on put your money here put your money here and put your money here yeah ready and to help we're gonna yep and we're gonna roll the dice and then we'll see how it goes yeah yeah because they want to see you well because if you're if you're winning they're winning and so See, I kind of feel like I, the other one that would work for me if I was going to play would be roulette because I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll put on 70 because that's like my, my birth year. So I'll, I can play that number and just kind of have a 50, 50 chance. Well, you can play one to 35. So maybe 35 might be enough. Okay. Well, see, I, I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to pick my number then. Dang it. <laughs> Yeah, there's also, you can play inside or you can play outside. You can play red or black, which gives you like a, a it's less than 50-50 because there's a zero on the table. So. Now, did you, did you go to dealer school? I did not. I no. did not. I just get the privilege of watching the roulette and the blackjack tables right in front of the bar. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being a... Being a bartender at such a big, big place is—it's got to make you see some interesting people, like you said you've seen. And but you also, I think that people expect a certain thing. You're not just like your corner bar, so they're expecting like a top line bartender, and so you have to know so many things to how to make. I do. It's it's not even just that. So we we had to pass a group interview. And then we had, after we passed the group, we had to pass an individual interview. And then after we did that, we had to pass an audition and then a written test. And I'm going to tell you, I failed my audition two times. No doubt. Because I had been bartending for six years, but I hadn't been bartending in an environment where people ordered regularly, like Negronis, right? Mm. Which are like these, uh, they're fancy stirred drinks. And... I'm, I'm used to, you know, the hole-in-the-wall bar where I can make you a cocktail. It's going to take me a bit because I've got a shot and a couple beers to make. Right. I was told no two times, and I just kept coming back. And they were like, all right, well, you're persistent. Get over here. Wow. That's, a, that's amazing. That's a story right there alone that you were told no, and now look at where you are that you're the head of the union. So kudos to you right there, Heather. Thank you. Thank I, you. I think that a good bartender, too, though, has so many different skills. I when I was a drinker, 
um, there was a lot, there's a lot of bars here in Oswego. And, um, one of the bars had a really good bartender and he made you feel welcome. He made you, he did magic tricks. He knew your name. He always remembered your name and all this stuff. And I'm like, how do you do that? Even when it's so packed and he's like, Oh, I have all kinds of tricks. You know, you take bar napkins write the person's name, put it underneath the bar near him. And he's telling me some of his like little secrets and tricks of the trade. And it, it just made out of all the bars that you can go to that since there's so many, you'd be like, well, let's go see John because that means something. So I'm sure you've got a lot of people where they're like, let's go make sure we're going when Heather's there. I actually do. The, um, the service industry where I live is really the career people. They're, they're inundated. They're in there, right? Right, right. And because of the times that I work, I work 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. Okay. So I see all of the servers and the bartenders, and they'll, like, they'll text me. And yeah. they'll say, hey, are you working? Yeah. So, like, you know I'm working. You're in my schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Because they need that. They want to know that they're going to get that friend, that listener, that consistency, that friendliness of that, hey, how are you doing? And that general caring. And I think that a lot of times people forget that every job's important. You know what I mean? And, oh, absolutely. And, and what you're doing is so important because if you're having regulars calling and asking, that means that they're like, I've had a really crappy day. And I need to go unwind and I need to really go to a place that I'm going to feel welcome and friendly. And that's another thing. Kudos to you that, that you do that. So what do you think the hardest, I, we play a lot of mental gymnastics here. We live on a planet. So I apologize for that. Cause we'll jump no, around. Yeah. That's <laughs> what do you think um, has been the, the hardest part? I know you said that was adapting of being the union um, boss, but what do you think the hardest part? of of it has been the most difficult part for me um, honestly the, the stuff that you're talking about like being kind and treating everybody like a human being right like that's super easy yeah like that i think that's a personality trait that you need to even be a bartender but the the most difficult part for me isn't even like people being mean anymore because i'm so used to it right i i've, I've got a quip or a deflection ready but the watching my coworkers, and I'm, I'm trying to decide how much I'm allowed to say, right? Yeah, sure. Watching my coworkers go through what they go through, in a normal bartending job, you can just be fired. The boss can come in and be like, hey, listen, this happened. I know it's not your fault, but it happened while you were at the bars. So goodbye. And part of my role as shop steward is going with that employee to management and saying, you can't do this to them. Mm. This is not allowed and this is why. Right. And like I said, all of the people I work with, they're they're amazing. I work with, honestly, the best bar team I've ever worked with. And it's a large team. There's upwards of 40 people on our team. Oh, wow. So it's me and another woman who are the shop stewards. And if there's an incident, people are supposed to call us immediately. Immediately. And tell us, hey, we need you right now. So I can be in the middle of a of a four deep rush, and I'll get a phone call, and it'll be like, hey, are you available? I'm like, yes, I am. Let's go. Yeah, because you have to be right there to advocate for them. Absolutely. Yeah. And watching people that I care about, right? Like my managers. I've worked with my managers for years at this point, but watching 
my managers turn around and try to do this to other people that I've worked next to for years. Like, it's difficult to kind of not only mediate, but stand up to these other people who I would consider, you know, decent people. Like, I don't understand why you're trying to give somebody a last and final for clocking in five minutes late. Like, you're about to take away their entire livelihood over five minutes late. Yeah, that would be a tough part. Which is which is a bit of an exaggeration, but you understand. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no. I know exactly that you were... But, yeah, that would be the tough part of being... And I think the hard part, too, would be also when the advocating when all of a sudden you maybe you get one of those employees where you're like, listen, uh, Karen, how many times I've advocated for you? How many times now? I can't do this anymore. (laughs) I I have to, though. I have to, I have to keep suiting up and showing up. And I think that's, you know, I learned, I learned that in other places in my life, right? Like you just keep doing the next right thing, but the next right thing in my role is no matter what I'm defending my fellow employees. That's awesome. That's awesome. Cool. This has been fun. This this was fun. I got to learn a little bit about, well, a lot about what what you do. And I think that's pretty neat. And um, do you think, let me, I I guess I can ask, is your favorite thing advocating? I didn't want to answer for you, but what do you think your favorite thing about it? I am passionate about advocating. It sounds, yeah. My favorite thing when I show up to work every day is honestly, I, I could, anything could happen that day. Anything. That, that's what's neat too about a job is as long as you can find a job that you know that it's going to be fresh and new every day, even though it's the same place, you're always going to be somebody seeing somebody different. And there's, it's, it's always somebody's first time ever walking into a place of that magnitude. Absolutely. And so they're, you're their first line of you're you're so many things right now too where you're like well I'm more than just uh, the union steward and everything I have to be the face of whatever place it is that you're representing and like I said if I, it was my first time walking in there I would hope that it would be you that uh, I ran across and so I'd know that I'd want to come back absolutely thank you yeah well groovy this was fun is there any any uh, thing else that you would like to share with us or any epiphany moment that you've had on the job that, or any, how about any no-nos that we do not do if you well, go. You want to hear no-nos? Of yeah, of bar? course. I can give you three off the top of my Yeah, of, of course. <laughs> give us some no-nos of, of people. I think that that's important for people to realize of what don't you do. Do not shout or snap at your bartender. <laughs> they know you're there. Give them some time. Yeah. Coming. Um, don't not tip. Yeah. Even if the service was terrible, like, at, I don't know, 10%, 5%, something. Something. You came in and that person made you a drink and they make probably 3 or $4 an hour outside of any union job. Which is the vast majority of bartending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is do not ask for less ice and expect more alcohol without paying for it. <laughs> Get it's that. like my biggest pet peeve. <laughs> uh, thank you. That was fun. Yeah, this was fun. I hope, hopefully our listeners learn from those. Do not those. And I'm sure there's a lot more of things. You know what it really is? I mean, it's kind of that golden rule, uh, you know, nice. when it, yeah, just be nice. Try to be That's nice. Good. <laughs> it's not that hard. Be nice. I saw, speaking of that, I saw 
somebody when you're like saying snap or wave, you know, how you can go to that self checkout at Walmart. Mm -hmm. And uh, I saw it's everybody's on edge. Everybody's got to wear the mask. Everybody's grumpy. And the guy has a problem and he starts swinging his arms and stuff. But those the people that work at the self checkout have a little handheld thing in their hand that lets them know when one of those, so they know right away. And so the lady saw him and she starts frantically <laughs> waving back in his face so sarcastically. And I'm watching this all go down. And so it just kind of made me think of you when you're like, hey, don't snap. Because I, I have a feeling that when that snapping does happen at the bar, usually that means you're going to get your drink maybe just a little bit slower now. <laughs> You maybe, maybe <laughs> right? Um, I, I will tell you. I will tell you one story. It's the only time someone like Please. aggressively getting my attention was like appropriate or turned out to be funny, right? The only time in ten years of bartending, by the way. Um, this gentleman. It's New Year's Eve. I'm busy. The entire place is butts to elbows. Like the whole floor is full, and someone pushes their way up to the front of the bar and like yells their order at me. They say Bourbonito, red wine, and scotch on the rocks. You notice I still remember that. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and I, I said, I'll be right with you, sir. Okay. And he yells it again. And I was like, I'll be right with you, sir. I'll be right over there. Okay. And I'm, first of all, I'm wasting time, like telling him I'll be right. I'm already busy. And this, this man starts singing on New Year's Eve with a bunch of other, you know, people out having a good time. He starts singing. Bourbonito, red wine, scotch on the rocks. <laughs> and he gets 400 people to join him in this chorus of Bourbonito, red wine, scotch on the rocks. Unbelievable. I had to stop what I was doing and get his order so I could stop. He was persistent. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm not kidding. A chorus of people singing his order at me. It's it's funny what when one person can start one thing and I've seen where they have uh, studies you get one person like at a bus stop start laughing mm -hmm. on purpose just to see what happens and they get the camera rolling and then the next person starts and the next person then you don't even know what you're laughing at absolutely and everybody's laughing so awesome I'm glad that he was able to do that and kind of and it it happened that long ago and you're still able to remember that song and exactly what he ordered. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny what the world can bring us and how many people are on this planet and then that we can bump elbows with with others that can make us laugh or smile. And I'm glad that you were able to do that with me today and my listeners. Thank you so much for yeah. having me. I really appreciate it. Was it. Groovy. it was groovy. I was love a, what you do. It was a blast. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate it. We'll put this episode out, Um, I don't know. Sometime in June, I'm thinking. Okay, awesome. Okay, groovy. Yeah, this was fun. Don't hang up. I want to say goodbye to you real quick, and uh, and um, we'll go from there. But if there any any parting words that you would, I've asked you one more. I think I've already asked you, but is there any parting words that you would like to say? Just be nice. Aw, that's nice. And I, like, I, know, I know sometimes it's difficult to do, but try to have empathy for other people. Groovy. I like that. Thanks, Heather. Thanks for your time today. The most important thing. Yeah, the most important thing that I could ever ask for anything is time from somebody. And so thank you for giving me. It. It's the most valuable thing on earth. And you gave me some of your time today. So thanks. Thank you. All right, Groovy. Bye-bye.